Today, Smarties, we are so excited to welcome Julia Rogers. Julia is the founder of Enroot Consulting, which specializes in personalized gap year planning. She shares how gap years have been around a really long time, even when people aren't labeling it as a gap year. She talks about the different types of learners who benefit from gap years, and actually this conversation may really surprise you. Julia talks about how colleges react to the gap year and the difference between structured opportunities versus self-designed opportunities and which one is right for which student depending on their level of executive functioning and independence level of that learner. She shares how the gap year experience should help learners figure out what is going to light them up and how it's meant to be exploration and experiential and not about picking a track and why that's so important and can ultimately save families money. You can connect with Julia at her website, which is listed in our show notes, which is www.inroutgapier.com. Com. And also, we were very excited to have her on a Patreon with us. So in that Patreon episode, she shares some of the frequently asked questions that families and students have for her, her responses, how financial aid factors in to this whole experience, and other benefits of a gap year. If you are not a member of our Patreon community, what are you waiting for? Go to www.patreon.com slash podcast for five months for $5 a month, you can support the work that we do here at Learn Smarter Podcast and have access to all these extended conversations that we have with wonderful professionals. There are many in the Patreon archives. For $10 a month, you can support the work that we do by having access to all those conversations and you get early access to episodes a week early before they drop for everybody else. Now, let's dig in. You want to learn faster, but sometimes working harder is just not the answer you have to learn smarter the educational therapy podcast hi smarties welcome to episode 257 of learn smarter the educational therapy podcast this is stephanie pitts and i'm rachel cap and today we are really excited to talk about something we've never talked about on the podcast before and we are welcoming julia rogers to the podcast to talk about gap years so welcome, Julia. Hello, ladies. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for coming. We have had this conversation on our wish list for at least a couple of years. And so we're very excited to get to have a little bit of your time today. So why don't we start off with you introducing yourself to our audience and telling us who you are, what you do, and who you do it for. Sure. So again, thank you for having me. This is my absolute favorite topic of conversation. So you chose the right woman for the job. (laughs) My name is Julia. I live in Vermont, but I work uh, nationwide and even internationally on this subject of gap years, which is in my mind, this intentional period of personal growth that young people take to kind of figure out what their next steps in life are. And I work with students and families one-on-one to help craft personalized gap year itineraries which basically means helping a student build out a really intentional gap year so that it can help them set the stage for successful college experience, successful work life, getting to know themselves, et cetera. And then on the other side of my work, I also help communicate and advocate for the gap year option with you know bodies of higher education, school counselors, school districts, other entities like that. So very involved in the gap year space. How did this become your calling? Yeah, well, it actually started on my own gap year. But, um, you know, we traditionally think about a gap year in between high school and higher ed, which is 
how it's thought of um, internationally, like in Europe as well. But I took my gap year after college. So I went to Hamilton College, did four years there, had my bachelor's degree and thought, you know what, I really want to take some time. I want to do service work. And so I went to Tanzania in East Africa for about a year, almost a year doing public health outreach. And it was through a gap year program. So I was with British pre-university gap year students, post-college American kids, and we were all kind of thrown in together teaching sexual reproductive health to uh, in Tanzanian schools. And that experience was so incredibly formative. And I came away from that thinking, wow, why didn't I take a gap year before college? It would have changed everything about my college experience. And so I got really interested in the idea in this concept of doing a pre-college or pre-higher ed gap year so that you could just reinform your higher ed experience. And that was the seed. And then I eventually decided that how I wanted to help promote that idea was to remove some of the barriers, which to me were actually helping students find opportunities that fit them and helping people educated get educated about the gap year option. Perfect. One of the things that to define the gap year, like you said, it can be at any time. But the thing that I know that a lot of parents fear, and I want to get into all this, but if they start with one year, they're never going to go back. <laughs> so that's a big, 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 big fear. So I really want to talk about like the journey, like who comes to you? How do they get there? How did you even know there was such a thing as a gap year program back in the day? Tell us all about the things. Yes. So, you know, I've been doing this work for about 15 years. I started on route right after, you know, I had this idea when I was done with my gap year. So I started on route around the age of 24 or so because I wanted to figure out what what all these people were and create connections. And the the, the long and short of it is that the gap year industry is worldwide and it's been going on for generations. So there are programs that are based in the UK that have been around for 30, 40 years and market themselves as gap year opportunities and are very, very well respected. We know that most of the British royalty has done gap years and has done prominent programs as part of their gap year experiences. So this is generationally super, super normal in other countries. But in the States, you know, it's still been around for about 30 years. In fact, sometimes when I'm talking to schools and in and, and auditoriums full of parents and students, I'll have I'll give examples of gap years and, and ask the adults in the room how many people have taken one because they may not connect it with the term gap year, but I may say something like, all right, who here took a road trip for three months when they were 22 or who backpacked across Europe or who went and volunteered abroad when they were young or taught English abroad when they were young? And hands will go up in the room and parents of college age students now have actually had these types of experiential learning opportunities. They just don't label it as a gap year. So there's tons of gap year programs that have been around for a long time, but now we're in this kind of renaissance golden age of gap year opportunities where there's programs and structured, highly structured programs and very independent opportunities that really run the gamut for just about every subject matter, geographic location, and also can gear themselves towards different types of learners and different outcomes that you're hoping to achieve. So it's really an exciting time. And Steph, there was another question in there about kind of how I figured all that out, which I'm happy to also answer, but I wanted to kind of get to that more important nugget first. I'm fascinated by the three months counting as a gap year program because it's not necessarily a year. It's not necessarily a year, but it's about the growth that occurs as a result of backpacking through Europe and being resilient and independent, right? Exactly. Yeah. So it's, you know, even though we use the term gap year, it's really a, a period of time that has guardrails on it. So to your original question of like the sphere that it's going to be a gap decade or something like that, when we're talking about a gap time, 
we're talking about this like beginning and end. There is a period of time. There is an expectation of something that happens afterwards. Is it entering the workforce? Is it starting college? Is it starting a vocational program? Whatever it is, there's an off-ramp to something else after your gap time. Um, and we also, you know, a lot of people see Jan or Feb admits into their college, you know, or get a Jan or Feb admit admission, and then they have a gap semester. And so that is only, you know, a three to six month long period of time that you're filling, but it still can be hugely impactful. What were those two words that you just used? A jam or what? Jan admit. January admission. Yeah. Spring semester admission to college. So tell us who are the types of people and families that seek you out to kind of help their learners along with this process? Sure. So when people think of gap year students, they typically think of whoever may be in their social network who they know who've taken gap time and then ascribe those attributes to who takes a gap year. But I, I guarantee it's much wider than who you maybe initially think because there's all these different profiles of students who can benefit from gap time for totally different reasons. So in my practice, I see students who are super high achievers, high GPA, you know, high test score, students who are going off to elite colleges and universities who are burnt out, maybe also have, you know, mental health challenges that they're overcoming or just like have achievement issues that they kind of just need to take a step back and just learn how to exist without the pressure of performance um, as part of their identity. And then we also have students who are experiential learners, those kind of high test score, but lower GPA types of students who maybe they have ADHD or maybe they just have to really love what they're doing to do it well. And so students take a gap year in that category really thrive because they're allowed to choose what they do. They're allowed to pursue their own curiosities, which is so powerful for experiential learners. And I also see students who are taking wellness gap years specifically for either learning difference challenges or mental health challenges or or even you know physical they're getting over a surgery or they need to get a surgery and they don't want it to disrupt their college experience so they take gap time and then they you know work around that healing journey as well so lots of different profiles of students here do you ever see the family that the student did go off to college and then didn't make it and came back home and are trying to re-enter and figure out next steps Definitely. There's a lot of people, I think a lot, I think especially since the pandemic, a lot of students who started college and then are taking a step away and saying like, why did I choose that college? Or what am I even doing there? That's a very common time to take a gap semester or a gap year. And I think it's great to have, you know, the courage to pump the brakes and just reevaluate what you're doing because it's a very expensive proposition to like put yourself through school and you should know why you're there. So that is definitely a population of students I've always seen, but the numbers have really ratcheted up since 2020. Interesting. So what are some of the conversations that you typically have with families who maybe expected something different? And, you know, those high achieving families where the kids were raised and this child is going to college, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. How do you sort of help them to navigate that different reality of that might not be the right next best step for their child? Well, I think that, you know, for a lot of families in that category, they're starting to recognize the fact that these colleges that they so aspire to attend are very excited about gap year students. You know, a lot of highly, you know, some of the most competitive colleges in the country actually encourage gap years, you know, Harvard being one of them, which I know we don't want to spend too much time talking about Harvard because they, they suck up a lot of oxygen. But one of the things that they do is that to all of their admitted students, they have kind of a, a special paragraph in their acceptance letter that says, hey, if you want to take a gap year, we would love for you to do that. You write a proposal for us about what you want to do. and We will defer your admission for a year. 
And they do that because colleges know that gap year students arrive on campus more mature, more ready to learn, more curious, and more clarified about what they want to pursue. And have more to offer. So it's a no-brainer for colleges to want to encourage students to arrive on campus after having acquired this set of skills that a gap year can provide. So for those families, I think that there's less of this worry. Because if you're a high achiever student, you're going to want to go to college. There's not really a fear that they're going to get enamored with the real world and want to like work at Starbucks for the rest of their life or something like that. So you know, I think that's a different set of concerns that those families are looking at. But I think that the reality is, is that for a lot of young people, college is still the goal. They want to go to college. The students I talk to, they're excited for the idea of going to college. They just know that they need to do this first so they can make the most of college. And I think that this generation of young people is pretty wise in that way. They're not just on this conveyor belt. They kind of internally know that they need to take a pause. I just want to go back and reiterate what you just said, because that was something that we chatted about before we hit record, which was a question that Steph had is like, this is a fear from a lot of families who are considering this is that colleges will have some feeling about the gap year. But from what I'm hearing you say, it's actually... I mean, it makes total sense that it is to the benefit of the university to have these young adults go off and have these experiences because they're bringing those experiences with them back to the classroom and back to campus. Yeah. I mean, think about it. What's the most important things for a college? What are they looking for in a student? They're looking for a student who's going to be engaged and who's going to stay. They're looking for higher retention students. And so with this huge problem that we're having with students kind of you know, arriving on campus and then leaving and, and you know, college completion being such a huge issue, having a little bit more certainty with a student who arrives after their gap year is actually a huge boon for colleges, not to mention all the socio-emotional benefits that they'll see after their gap time. You know what this reminds me of? Huh. I am Jazz. Well, yeah, I've been thinking about her as well. Is that a show that you're familiar with, Julia? No, tell me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> It happens on the podcast where like a show gets brought up and Steph and I are having the same thought, which by the way, Steph, it's coming back. I think I told you. No, I know. I watched the first episode already. So I Am Jazz is about a girl who is transgender. They have covered her from being a young teen through now into adulthood and last season or the season before they covered her transition surgery and her gender confirmation surgery. And I believe she took a gap year from Harvard. From Harvard. Yes. And at the beginning of the season, she went back, which just made me think of it because they were showing how she just asked for the gap year situation. I mean, I'm sure there was more involved, but they accepted her and it was part of the storyline of the last season. And then she went back and seemingly did well. So it just made me think like, oh, there's a scenario of somebody who needed some time to figure some stuff out and to work on themselves a little bit and wasn't quite ready. One of the things that I think happens a lot is it's almost like a mismatch, right? Like the kids think that they can go to college and the parents are like, eh. I think the kid needs a little more time or vice versa, where the parent really is pushing, you need to go to college. This is what you need to do. And the kid's like, I don't want to go to college yet. I'm not, they're not ready to fly the coop and they're not ready to take care of themselves and know how to do all these things. And life is a little challenging still, especially for the ones whose executive functioning age is far behind their peers. So stepping out and having to take care of your laundry and knowing how to cook and making sure you get your medication and where to get food and how to get it. If there's no 
all of the things. So I think it's really important that we talk about this because there are so many different scenarios and families and journeys that it doesn't need to be this shameful situation that even the high achieving kid who is ready to go to the next step might just want all they've done is school their whole life. Maybe they need to get a little bit more experience and more fun that they never had. So yeah, I would love for you to keep going on about what are some of the opportunities that they could choose from or what's really out there? And can we do it in our mid thirties and forties? <laughs> yes. And that might be its own episode. Uh, right. You took a sabbatical, same thing, right? Yeah, exactly. So I think that one of the almost intimidating things about a gap year is that once you start researching it, you start to realize how many amazing opportunities are out there and can almost be hard to choose. But I think that for the purposes of just an introductory understanding of what's out there, I think the two things to understand is that there's structured opportunities and self-designed opportunities. So structured opportunities could include service learning semesters or language learning opportunities or doing a outdoor learning semester, but you're with like a peer group. So you're not alone. You're not just like airdropped into a foreign country or a new situation without any other people your own age. These are gap year semester programs or gap year programs. You have leaders, you have people facilitating your learning and travel if there's travel and helping you with that skills building. So it's really finely tuned for this age group. Then there's also volunteering and interning and enrichment courses and AmeriCorps opportunities, which is the domestic arm of the Peace Corps. Those are all structured opportunities where you you opt into a program and there's people there to guide you, teach you. There's a peer group there for you to kind of learn and grow alongside. And then there's also self-designed opportunities. And this is kind of your road trips, you're traveling through Europe, you're working on organic farms in you know, New Zealand, or taking on an independent project. I've had students who've done things like write a one-woman play. There's also you know, other types of working opportunities that you can do. They're not part of a program, but they're things that a student can say, like, I want to do this and I'm going to make it happen. So depending on the independence level of the student and those executive functioning skills, you can really calibrate like what the right types of opportunities are for a particular student. And also what are the elements that are really going to light them up? Because you could, you know, throw a dart at a dartboard of gap year opportunities and land on something really cool. But the magic of a gap year is really fine tuning it to that particular student. So if they're a nature-based learner, or if they want to maybe major in the sciences, or if they're more of an arts student, like you can create a whole menu or design, you know, a whole year of enriching opportunities that really help them engage with those interests. So yeah, it's it's a lot out there. I'm just sitting here thinking, okay, so it sounds like I did a gap year, which I never thought of it as that because I went and studied abroad in Rome for a semester. And yeah, I counted towards my degree and it was absolutely structured, which is how I prefer to do things because then I have rules and like a place to live and it's easier. But When I'm talking to my clients or talking to my cousins who are a decade younger, go do it for your soul. Like that was a semester for my soul, right? And then Steph, I would argue that you've done stuff like this. It's just maybe been in shorter spurts with your travel or no? Yeah, I was living in places for like three months, four months at a time, but I was working. So I guess, yeah. I think based off Julia's definition, I fall within that. And that was all post-school. But I don't want to equate it to just travel because there are programs in particular, I'm familiar with some that are in Massachusetts that are literally like learning how to live on your own programs and like 
helping facilitate friendships. And a lot of kids seem apathetic. They don't know what they like. I've seen quite a few of those. They're just like, oh, that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. They haven't found anything to light them up. And I'm familiar with some programs there that that is actually the goal. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about those? Those are really fascinating to me. Sure. So that is definitely in that kind of structured program realm that I just talked about. And we certainly, when we talk about gap time, we don't need to imagine that we're flinging ourselves like halfway across the world. That's certainly an option, but it's not necessary for the growth to happen. And so there are these great, I call them place-based programs where you're, you're not traveling. Still, there are those kind of common denominators of peer group, mentorship, and then some sort of like growth activities. And so sometimes it's like interning or sometimes it's taking classes part-time and volunteering in the community part-time. There's a program in Massachusetts where you kind of do entrepreneurial stuff and kind of visiting different businesses and learning about different business models. It's structured learning, but it's very experiential. So I think that for families who are trying to wrap their heads around this idea, the thing to understand about gap time is that it's meant to be on. It's meant to be intellectual and engaging, but it doesn't necessarily have to be traditional classroom learning. It's meant to be this exploration where there's not a lot of pressure to choose a track. You're kind of allowing yourself to have these different experiences to see, to test things out and to test the waters on your interests and also to test the waters on those social skills too, for sure. For some people, that's a big goal. And so putting them in situations where they're allowed to you know, make friends or be their authentic selves or all these other things can be so helpful. You have a cool job. I just wanted to throw that out there. I love my work. And I I do love talking about this too, because I think that it's one of those things, it's kind of like knowing about a really cool band that not as many people know about. Right, right. When you know, you know, and you're just like, yes, that is the best band. Why don't they play on the radio? I have no idea. It still seems like it's this underground choice, but the people who understand what it's all about or who have done it are totally on board with it. I've never met somebody who's regretted taking a gap year or who has a kid who took one and regrets it. It seems like there's these um, mental barriers to entry, but then once you get over it, you're in the club. You're in the club. (laughs) You know about the whole band. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's a cool club. Rachel's been saying for a while, she's been asking, we need to find somebody that knows about gap years. You know, there's people that sort of know, but this is what you do. So Mm -hmm. it even took us a minute to find you and we were searching. I think I did a podcast search. I'm like, who is talking about this on podcast? You know, if we can just put that in there. People don't know that they need us until they hear about us. So I'm really excited to give you the podcast as an opportunity to connect with a broader audience, with our audience, because I think they're really going to connect with this episode. So couple of things I want to say. The first is I want to hear a little bit more about what the process of working with you and your company is like, just so we can inform our audience a little bit. And then if it's okay with you, we would love to do a Patreon with you where we talk sort of a little bit more about those barriers to entry that you were sharing about the gap year experience. Does that work? Sure. Yeah, definitely. So if you are not a part of our Patreon, go ahead and join to hear that extended conversation that we will have with Julia. But Julia, why don't you tell us what the typical experience, how long you work with a family, what that whole process is like, so they know what to expect. Sure. So, you know, one of the things that I, I love about my work with students is that I really try to be a through line throughout their gap year planning and execution. So when I work with families, we usually start working together senior year of high school, or if they're like a college student who's taking time off 
whenever they decide to take a gap year where the runway is short enough that they can see it starting in the next six to nine months, but it's not, you know, so far away, they can't make choices. You know, every family starts with a free introductory call where we brainstorm and get to know each other. And it's really important that a student themselves feels comfortable with me and wants to work with me. That's like basically the only requirement to work with me is that there's a connection there and they feel like they can trust in the process. When I actually start working with a student, it really starts with creating that relationship and anchors for their year. So when I'm working with a student, we work together to identify their personal goals for their gap time, their practical goals, and their professional goals. And we kind of choose two or three things in each of those categories to focus on for the year. So they might want to learn how to scuba dive and practice their Spanish as their personal goals and practice their independent living skills and get their driver's license as their practical adulting skills and then investigate their interest in marine biology or the humanities as their pre-professional goals. And so that's what I use to kind of like help build their year. And then I talk with parents and get their parameters for budget, geography, health and safety stuff, all of that kind of thing. And then I'm working with a student to show them menus, basically, of different gap year opportunities that I have in the background vetted, know about, sometimes have even visited in person. And we work together to build out the itinerary that kind of has a good progression. So it starts where the student's meant to have like the right amount of structure and independence. And then we move towards more independence or more challenge as the year moves along or as the gap period moves along, if it's not a whole year. And then I'm on hand for pre-departure preparation, mental preparation. I do webinars for parents uh, to launch them as well uh, to kind of help support the parent side of things. And then, you know, I'm on hand throughout the gap year as well in case plans change, also to just do mid-year check-ins and be in a, a support for my students throughout their year as well. And then on the back end, we debrief. I do a big gap year to college webinar where I have a panel of previous gappers who are now at college. They talk about what it's like to start college after their gap time. And so it's kind of that kind of nice end to end that I offer to family so that they feel really supported throughout this process that maybe they don't have anybody they know who've done a gap Mm -hmm. year, so they don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How can our audience connect with you? What is the best way? Yeah, the best way is to visit my website, which is enroutegapyear.com. And just to kind of sign up for that introductory call I mentioned, uh, you can either fill out the contact form or the questionnaire, which is for the student to kind of fill out information about what their ideas are. And then I'll just loop back and get in touch. Perfect. Thank you so much for taking the time to introduce yourself and share more about what you do and who you do for it. Because I think this is going to be a very, one of the, a very special episode. A very special episode. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. It was such a blast. Have a great week, Smarties. Yay. Have a great week.